Today, we explore the Chiron Effect, healing our core wounds through astrology, empathy, and self-forgiveness. Who doesn't want more of that? Hi, it's Cheryl Sitz with Mario Rosales running production beside me. We welcome you to Exploring Possibilities, a journey to remember who you are. Every podcast since 2012 is housed on our website at journeyofpossibilities.com. New shows come out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, other popular podcast platforms, and youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz. If you learn and grow through the information and connections that you make on this show, would you show us a little love? We really appreciate it. It helps keep us going. You can do that at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. And joining us in just a moment, Lisa Tahir. Hi, I'm Mario Rosales. I am the producer of Exploring Possibilities. I actually do IT work. I do website design. I do uh, remote support. You know, one of the things that I've been having recently, I've been working with people that are on Wix and... At the beginning, even I had the idea that Wix wasn't that powerful. But as I started working with it, I found out that there is so much more in there that we are not taking advantage of. We're not taking advantage of its database functionality. We're not taking advantage of their autoresponders. And a lot of this comes included for free in some of their packages. I've learned the system very well to the point that I can train you on how to do it. Or if you ask me to to do some complicated task, I can design it for you within Wix. Then after I'm done, I give you the training on how to use it. And then if you have any troubles, you can always call me. Thank you. I am Mario Rosales, and you can reach me at MarioRosales.com. Let me help you out wherever I can. Thanks. Lisa Tahir is a licensed clinical social worker certified in EMDR Level 1, Reiki Level 2, and she's a thought coach through the Institute for Transformational Thinking. For the past five years, she's hosted All Things Therapy, a weekly podcast on LA Talk Radio. She joins us today to discuss her book, The Chiron Effect. If you'd like to get a copy of that book, we really appreciate you using the link on this podcast because we get a small affiliate fee that also helps support the show at no additional cost to you. You can find her on Online at nolatherapy.com and we welcome you now. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Cheryl. How are you today? I am doing well. Thank you. How's life for you in what is it today? New Orleans, LA? <laughs> it's New Orleans today. I know you're right beside me in Texas. Yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm really excited to be on Exploring Possibilities today with you. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to have you. I as I was telling you just before we kicked off the show, I love the book. It's it's refreshing to get a book that I can kind of dive into and really start to put to work in my life right now. And that's the book that you wrote. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. It was definitely my intention to contribute something fresh that incorporates ancient wisdom with holistic knowledge, which is what your show is about. That is what our show's about. And there's so many ways that we can do that. There's new streams of consciousness coming through all the time and ways that we can get there through our bodies, through our hearts, through through the work that you do. I love how you blend therapy with ancient wisdom and practices. It really helps us access ways that we can heal ourselves beyond the conventional just talk therapy that I personally didn't find very effective. So tell me a little about how you blend it all together in the practice that you have. Sure, Cheryl. And I appreciate what you just shared. What I've heard in the last few years as I meditate, what I hear from the universe and from spirit, for me is consistently, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And so for anyone out there listening, I think as humans, sometime we might make things harder for ourselves than they need to 
to be based on the beliefs that we have brought into our adult lives, stemming from our upbringing, stemming from those who surrounded us, that mentored and raised us. And so I've sought out to find ways to allow my life to flow with more ease. And often I've noticed it just really starts and ends in my own mind with my thoughts. And so that's one of the reasons I was really compelled and inspired to write my book is having been a therapist for over 20 years and also been a client in therapy. I've actually had a wonderful experience as a client in therapy and working with clients in therapy. I've grown as a person. I've learned to more deeply love myself as a result of that investment. And so at the same time, I also wanted to contribute something new and and fresh and specifically in regards to we tend to get comfortable in knowing our old story, especially where we've come from. And unless we introduce new imaginings to that, like a new twist on it, specifically who we want to become and what we want to live through visioning that, through imagining that, through really dreaming beyond the boundaries of what we've known is possible for us. And often in my own mind, there were thoughts like, well, you can't have that. You can't do that. And I realized who's saying that? Like no one's literally speaking that to me per se, but it's in my own thoughts and belief systems. I was orbiting and frequenting the effect of my thoughts. And so the Chiron effect is really about exploring that we're at the effect of the thoughts that we believe. And Chiron is a placement in our astrological birth chart that reveals a patterning that we've developed around what we believe to be true about ourselves. And we can only go as high and as far as our greatest limiting belief, if you just sit with that for a moment. And I realized that as much as I could see myself doing amazing things, being an author, coming on podcasts as a guest, speaking in front of others, like part of me didn't believe or have the confidence I could do that. And so I'm hoping by sharing all this that listeners will start to tap into their own ahas around who it is you want to become and what you want to do. And I just want to check in, Cheryl, and see how this is all landing with you. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. And it's interesting, the overlap of the different modalities, because it's also very shamanic to look at the stories that we wrote about the events that happened and in rewriting those stories, reclaiming our power. And so it's it's not just therapeutic. It's also, you know, it's it's older than that. It's ancient mm-hmm. wisdom to do that. And there is power in rewriting the stories. One of the things that I, I did grab one quote out of your book that I want to share, and I'm going to do it now because it's it's really powerful. You wrote, we can find empowerment in being responsible for our contribution to what we have created. There is healing when we own our part in the co-creation of a situation. We shift from victimhood to warrior, deity, goddess, when we claim how we have violated ourselves. There is deep power in self-accountability. That's a strong quote, that we have violated ourselves. That was my big shift, one of my biggest shifts in looking at some of the childhood wounds that I had not visited, was realizing that 
even though I might have not been able to change the outcome of that at that age or whatever, in some way I was feeling that I had violated myself because I allowed that to happen to me. And self-forgiveness became the most important piece for me. So I wanted you to speak to what inspired you to write those words and what you meant when you spoke them. Sure, Cheryl. I appreciate that. And as I hear you speak, and and particularly to topics centering around abuse, childhood trauma, and wounding in that way, that, you know, as young ones, as little ones, as adolescent ones, we are not able, we don't have the kind of power to say no or to stop certain things that we've experienced. And so I think I've seen in clients and within my own self, the way we judge and blame ourselves for allowing, you know, something to happen to us when we were in a place not in our full power, not in our adulthood. And we were, you know, growing up in environments that we had to resourcefully and adaptively find our way through. And so we do that as young ones through all kinds of actually amazing ways, including dissociation to just not be in your body as certain traumatic things are happening. That as a child is a self-preservation tactic. As an adult, it can cause you some real serious issues and, and problems to dissociate and really lose consciousness and touch with parts of yourself. And so while what has happened to us is not our fault, what we do with it is our responsibility. And it's actually within our wheelhouse to remake and rename and reclaim those parts of ourselves and make meaning from it. And the forgiveness piece that you mentioned, the self-forgiveness around talking to that younger part of yourself consistently. In my life, it's been more than a one-time event, the self-forgiveness around particular things. And really allowing myself to talk to that younger part of me, like, what do you need from me that you didn't get? And this is something you can do as a listener when you're triggered, when something happens and you're taken back to that emotional state of disempowerment, even feeling victimized, unseen, unheard, you know, to really ask what it is you need in this moment and to begin to give that to yourself. Because in that way, we disconnect from being so vulnerable to others and at their whim, so to speak, of having our needs met. As a child, that was the reality. But as a, as an adult, we have so many other options available to us to meet our own needs, to go to online support groups, to read books, and all the sorts of healing modalities and, and experiences. So for me, it's really about taking that personal responsibility for who I need to become to be happier, to be healthier, to step out of the victimhood I grew up in into my empowerment and like my joy and being able to guide and lead others down this path in your unique and specific way. Because we're so individualized, which is awesome to me, Cheryl, about humanity, that you know, we can take, we can all be at the same conference or seminar or go to the same therapist, but have so many different takeaways that reflect your uniqueness. And so I'm just curious, again, how this is feeling for you to hear. It's great. Um, it's drawing me into the book, actually, because it's funny that we start talking about the victimhood and the wounds. And you might have guessed already, my Chiron was in Pisces. So... <laughs> 
it's for me, it was it was also lighthearted because I'm at a place in my journey where I could laugh more at where I've been and what I've come yes. through to look at this and go, oh, well, it was just in my star charts, of course. And, and it wasn't, you know, one particular kind of thing that I went through. It was almost on every front that I could go through my Chiron and Pisces, which has to do with victimization, addiction, being abandoned. That whole piece for me was all over my life. So I really see how my life played out my star chart. And, and that's just so cool when we realize it was written in the stars before we even took our first breath that this was the life that we were going to have. And these were the lessons that we were going to learn and grow from. Is that how you hoped to empower us with this book? Actually, Cheryl, you know, it's an interesting point you raised because I am a big proponent and believer in free will. And I see our Chiron placement in an astrological sign, be it Pisces like you or an Aries for myself, that this placement illuminates patterning as opposed to dictating like a certain way our lives are going to go. It shows like a patterning in our thoughts, a propensity that we have. And for me, astrology is just a beautiful symbolic language and like a diagnostic place to begin. But what we do with this information is totally up to us that we're not dictated by any kind of predetermined pattern or outcome. That's for us to choose every day and to create the thoughts that support shifting our paradigm, shifting our orbit, shifting, you know, the the effect that our thoughts are causing about ourselves to be true. Yes, that is the empowerment piece. I I didn't mean to sound like I feel like we're victims of the star charts. I, I agree with you. That's the map for what experiences might unfold, but how I learn to navigate those is my personal growth. And I navigate them very differently now. I'll feel those wounds triggered by some of the same types of things. But as I've heard it described before, that we're in a spiral of healing and we go deeper and deeper into that strengthening as we move through it. When I feel triggered now, I don't respond the way I used to. And you know, I can take those deep breaths and I can, I can respond differently. I can choose my response. I think that's what you're trying to say about our free will, that we can choose how we manage our lives. Yeah. And I like what you're saying about this because there's a whole section in my book devoted to triggers and how the definition of a trigger is an unhealed energetic attachment that's kind of dormant within our minds and our hearts. And it can be stimulated by someone doing or saying something or not doing or not saying something. And it's really an invitation to see the areas of our lives where we need some more compassion, some more empathy, some more love. Instead, Instead of being critical of ourselves and others when they're triggered, which is, I think, what we tend to do because it scares us, you know, sometimes to feel that out of control of our emotion. And so we want to fight it. We want to flee and run from it. Or we just kind of freeze like a deer in headlights. And so in hearing you say about you've learned to respond differently instead of at one time possibly reacting, the same is true for me. And I think it's through understanding our vulnerabilities, these areas of our lives that we tend to hide or edit, and like we might even feel embarrassed about. Instead of spending so much time and energy self-protecting, it's like, 
instead to self-express to those people that really love you, to yourself, taking time to really look at your areas of vulnerability that Chiron illuminates and like, okay, how do I strengthen and support myself here? I, I give like five or six takeaway steps for every placement of Chiron, whether you've experienced abandonment or neglect or feeling disconnected from a sense of community, like like really wanting to find where you fit in. And besides Chiron being useful for your specific sign, that it's kind of like a roadmap for me. If I'm going through something and I'm feeling some confusion around being misperceived, I'll go check out Chiron and Gemini, which has to do with empathetic attunement and really being seen and heard in the ways that we most deeply desire. So I hope that people use my book like that as well to pick up throughout their lives to help them move through experiences. And as you mentioned in the book, you say, don't just read where Chiron is in your chart, read the other Chirons. And that's honestly where I have not quite finished your book. I'm still reading through the other ones, but I can see where the other ones also impact my life. So my main wound, as we call it, may have been in Pisces, but there's other houses that I definitely feel the same things that you write about in those spaces. So those takeaways that you give can be beneficial, not just where my core wound is, but where I'm triggered all over the place, right? You give us great tools in there. Yeah, and I'm thinking, Cheryl, particularly the chapter Chiron and Cancer, and it was hard to figure out how to lay all this out because, um, you know, it was just kind of challenge to figure out how to lay this out. And just my hope is that people do read it all because in the Chiron, in the sign of cancer chapter, talking about abandonment, there's a section where I correlate, I received this download of information correlating the chakra system to the stages of grief, which Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross is the founder of the stages of death and dying. And anybody listening who's been through social work school or any kind of therapist training, you learn about Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and the the five stages of loss, which David Kessler and her applied to the stages of grief. And it's stuff we've all heard. So denial, depression, anger, bargaining. And the fifth one would be, uh, let's see. Isn't it acceptance or... I'm I'm sorry. I'm just trying to remember. Is it acceptance? Acceptance is the new one. Actually, yes, acceptance. And then David Kessler just wrote a new book adding a sixth stage called Making Meaning. And so I interviewed David Kessler on my podcast a number of years ago and just being so familiar with this paradigm and working with clients and this whole pandemic, the whole year plus of quarantine and changes, we've all been in a grief process at one time or another, trying to sit with the changes and how to navigate the loss of what once was. So these stages are more important than ever to be aware of when you're feeling overwhelmed, that you're going through a a process of grief, just like when someone dies. Because in many ways, life as we knew it kind of died for a bit, being in quarantine and, and all the restrictions we had to live with. And so I see this paradigm of using the chakra system with each stage of grief to really help you move through moments in your life where you're feeling lost. So I'd really love for everyone to check that out in particular, because you'll miss it if you don't kind of read everything. Right. 
Yes. And there's so much good stuff in the book. I Tell me, when did you know that you were going to write this book? What was the final catalyst to say, this needs to get out there? This would help people. That's a really good question, Cheryl. And it was, it was a three and a half year process of actually writing and editing consistently, like without taking breaks, three and a half full years. And it came to me in meditation when I just had my own question. Like I think many of the most useful inventions are invented because someone's trying to fill a gap, fill a need that they don't see the answer for. So they create it. And for me, it was looking at all the clients I've worked with, the tens of thousands of clients and my own process in therapy. And sometimes still, you know, feeling like what's wrong with me or why haven't I gotten this and having clients come in and really you know, seeing them struggle with like, what's wrong? Why aren't I happier when life looks really good and well for me? And I really sought to answer that. And through meditation, literally just kind of the term Chiron came up, C-H-I-R-O-N. And I knew Chiron from graduate school, Carl Jung, the wounded healer archetype. That's all that I knew. And it was barely much of any depth to, to understanding Chiron. And I felt really prodded by the universe, like, like not letting me go like Chiron, Chiron, Chiron every time I meditated. And finally, I'm kind of like, well, shit, I'm just going to, you know, start Googling Chiron. And I started discovering all these beautiful things about, like I mentioned, the parts of ourselves that we hide and edit out of fear of being judged and criticized and, you know, relating to the masks that we wear and these personas that we create. And that's why we're so unhappy in part is because we're not being our authentic selves. And so just life kind of led me through this three and a half year process of research, combining really sound psychology and spiritual principles with what was being revealed to me about our deepest wounds and the transformation of them into our healing and empowerment. Thank you for sharing what inspired you to write that book. And I want to circle back to something that you mentioned in there about how your original inspiration came from clients kind of, you know, why am I not happy? Why can't I find my happiness? I work with a lot of people who have made a commitment to shift their daily reality to something that's more satisfying for them. And they go into the holistic path uh, or some, some venue of this work, hoping to find happiness, hoping to find peace, hoping to find whatever it is that they feel that they're missing. And they can't wait to get there. And I did the same thing. I was like, just move all these blocks, get it all out of the way. I'm ready to have some peace and joy now. <laughs> and everybody's like, no, no, it doesn't work that way. What do you say to help that person find the patience and the compassion for themselves? self to breathe through it and and embrace the journey rather than trying to get to some elusive finish line of being a greater version of themselves. You know, Cheryl, you just actually answered it in your stating of the question. It's exactly through having some patience, going easy with oneself. Our unhappiness is created because we are too critical and judgmental and harsh in our own minds and thoughts towards ourselves. It's like an experience of self-hatred often in our own minds, thinking that's going to bring us to happiness and peace, and it doesn't. It's really through a consistent daily throughout your day encouragement. Like I tell myself so often, Cheryl, hey, Lisa, let's just go easy. And and even just saying that in my mind, like I'm able to breathe in that moment. Just go easy with this person. Be gentle. Go gentle on them. 
you know, like just really even saying that, introducing that to your mind can help you interrupt the thought patterns of criticism that come from fear of not getting what you want, not having what you want. And when we're able to just slow down, and if you're listening, just just go through this experience with me. Whatever you're thinking, whatever was on your mind before this moment, before this show, just see it there in your mind's eye and just go easy there. Let it be and loosen up, like let go, allow, allow for the solutions to come to you and through you and just to be really more gentle and compassionate. We're going to get there. You know, every day unfolds. It's whether or not we want this to be a bit easier for ourselves rather than harder. So I believe that it's through this gentleness and compassion and really easing up on the judgments and replacing them with supportive statements. Yes. Those affirmations are powerful. And I remember when I first started using the affirmations, I felt like I was lying to myself. If I don't feel pretty and I'm sitting here telling myself, I am beautiful, I am beautiful, I am beautiful. I, I could almost hear that other voice inside, that very critical mother that you can probably hear through I my know voice. you're not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, don't lie to yourself. So what do you tell people? How do we, I mean, I kind of, for me, it worked in baby steps. Like, I am prettier today than I was yesterday. I'm getting prettier all the time. I'm loving myself more every day. Like I had to come into some space that felt true for me that was a growth journey. How do you work with people with affirmations that may say that feels like I'm lying to myself? Well, and you're right on with this, Cheryl, that affirmations to work for us, we have to believe they're true. And if you're sitting in an experience and to read an affirmation, for instance, that says I'm rich, you know, and you're behind in your in your rent payments by three months, it's, it's not going to work because there's no way you can connect to the experience of I'm rich when you're in a state of deprivation. So a bridge, it's about really bridging those beliefs and to use the I'm pretty example. It could be something like, I want to believe, I want to feel attractive. I'd love to have the experience of feeling attractive. I want to believe that I have enough money. I want to believe that I can make enough money. I want to see myself get out of debt and into abundance. I want to learn how to how to do this differently. So you add a bridge to the affirmation and over time you do start to change. Things do start to change because you're willing to see them differently and that creates a space for new things to emerge in your life and from yourself. And it sounds like that's what you've been doing as well, Cheryl. Am I accurate? Yes. Yes. And and it helps me to go and look at pictures of myself in the past when I thought I was fat and ugly. And I can see in the picture that's not who I was, but I really believed that at that time. And it helps me to do that and say, see, Cheryl, you're not always seeing yourself clearly. So trust that there's a beautiful you. That, and, and so my affirmations have then become, I see a better version of myself every day. I'm allowing a better me to shine through. It's it's more of that coming from maybe I was fine all along and it's all been a story. So I want to just keep allowing that best self to come out and shine brighter every day. And I see myself more clearly every day has become one of my most powerful affirmations because I really do feel and see the growth that really was probably always there. The growth has been allowing myself to see it and feel it. <laughs> Yeah, I like so much of what you're saying, Cheryl. And I think our body image is such a big, um, such a big 
area of growth in our lives for most people. We're in this body. We're a non-physical energy in a physical body that is very literal, very direct. You know, we can't escape being in this body. And so it's like, what do we do to help ourselves live more easily in the body that we have? And I think it's really through redefining health, redefining how it is we want to feel in our bodies, that it might shift from an appearance and aesthetic into like being able to walk the stairs at work, for example, something more measurable and observable that we enjoy, like being able to enjoy walking around the park with our dog, for example, because that brings us pleasure. So I encourage listeners when it comes to body issues and themes to really identify what it is you'd like to do pleasurable in the body that you have and how you might get there step by step. Instead of thinking the only way to feeling happy in my body is to look this certain way that I'm not, there's so many places in between here and there that you can find pleasure in your body. Oh, I love that you tapped into that word. That's my new juicy word is pleasure. Yeah. Like I came from a place where it it just wasn't even a part of my existence. I had happy moments, but deep tr- to, to truly deeply experience pleasure Self-love is at the core of that. And when I didn't love myself, what I thought I was experiencing as pleasure wasn't really, it was a very diluted version of that. And a lot of times it was more an attempt to try and feel good about myself or feel good about something than it was true, rich pleasure. And the more I learned to love myself, the more I'm starting to experience what the word pleasure really means. And so that's my new buzzword. I want more pleasure, more joy. Those are the things that... I feel that's what makes this journey worth doing. You know, people that say, how could you do this for 10 years? You've been on this for 10 years. Well, I've been, I've been growing my whole life, but the personal journey into greater consciousness and greater self-awareness, that's about pleasure. That's about joy. Why wouldn't I give myself that? Right. And absolutely, that's exactly what healing these core wounds and our Chiron vulnerabilities are about. It's so that we can allow in the experience of pleasure in all the ways that it's here for us, that that's how we create the clearest and the cleanest is when we're feeling just so much joy and pleasurable emotions that like we can't help but give and create and share and and like magnify the all good. I love this conversation. This is great stuff. (laughs) It is. So I'm going to ask you a really interesting question that just came to me. They say that each one of us has a birth date and a star chart, and there's a placement of Chiron and so on. Looking at the United States right now and what we're going through in context with the world, where would you think maybe our national Chiron is? And how could your book help us with that? You know, there's actually an appendix chapter in my book talking about the psychoastrology of the United States. And it came to me just really vividly. I was in Los Angeles on the Metro, which is like the subway system. And I was in one of those seats where you're facing the opposite opposite direction that that the train is actually going. And it's like, I had this experience of how life can be like that. It's just flowing. It's just moving. And sometime like we might really want to stop or pause, but you really can't. Like life is happening. Calls are coming. Emails are coming through. You know, there's responsibilities. And I was kind of overwhelmed in this moment. And it, it caused me to somehow tap in 
and to realize, um, you know, just it was during the election and all the all the just troubling ways that, you know, people becoming really angry with each other and and it not being a supportive social media atmosphere and environment to express one's thoughts. <laughs> and I just started to think about, you know, Chiron is actually present in the birth chart of corporations, of marriages, relationships. And so I look to the Declaration of Independence and that Chiron, I'm forgetting what sign it was in and our without having to read that chapter, <laughs> but it speaks to a core wounding in the United States of how we care for our own people. And at first for me, Cheryl, that was kind of like, what? We're the most powerful nation in the world. But when I looked more closely, think about how we go to aid so many other countries while our own healthcare system yes. doesn't serve everyone in a way that's that's fair, that's accessible. Our school system, children I know in the South don't have books in rural and urban areas, don't have access to the tools, the, the literal books they need. There are schools in New Orleans, public schools that don't have books, that toilets are broken. And it's like, you know, we, we go to take care of so many others when there's so much need here in our own country. And that's our own, like, psychoastrology of America is really learning to love our own people and citizens more. And I think instead of relying upon the government per se for that, it's looking to each other instead of looking to be rescued outside of ourselves, like, you know, coming together and creating organizations like there already are to help schools and to help homelessness. And so I just encourage people to keep you know, expressing themselves in that vein and in those areas to really bring solution to these problems that we have in our own country. I hope that answers the question. Oh, it was fabulous. I love that response. And yes, I do see that. I see that a lot and have commented on it myself. Like, can we love the person next door that may very well need food or need a hug or need somebody to be there before we fly off to love complete strangers halfway around the world? I think it's wonderful that we support the world. And we do have so much work to do right here in our own house. Yes. And I know you see a lot of that. I... I think it's interesting that you have two existences. You exist in LA and in New Orleans. And as we talked briefly before the show, those two are have some similarities and have some very distinct differences, don't they? They really do. And it's interesting. There's, there's, you know, Chiron cities have a Chiron placement, like cities have an astrological chart. If you look at when a city was, you know, founded, for example, it's so interesting to kind of look for Chiron everywhere in different, in different settings. And, and so for me, the South and New Orleans represents a lot of open heartedness and connection with, you know, people are so warm and friendly here. I'm a New Orleanian, I'm a native. And then in LA, I find people are so open-minded. There's so much consciousness and awareness about things I had never even known about. And so I, I seek to combine the open heartedness of the South with the open-mindedness of LA and California to kind of make this hybrid experience in my life. And you embody that very well. And I love that you do that. And as I was sharing with you, I love that you travel back and forth because you bring it back and forth to the cultures through yourself. So kudos Thank to you. you for doing that. And several other people that might be listening to the show that travel. I know when we travel, we bring something of our homeland to that place and something of that place back home. And that's a really neat way to weave energy while we're going through this evolution and consciousness on the planet. 
I appreciate that insight of yours, Cheryl. <laughs> well, I think it sounds like a fun life you've created for yourself and you share in the book some of the challenges that you had in doing that. And how has working through your own Chiron helped you to create this life that you dreamed of? You know, it's helped me. My greatest happiness lately has been in sharing this work and book with others and seeing them light up, like seeing how they really get themselves because we all make sense. We, again, tend to judge ourselves and think it's something outside of us that that's going to fix, you know, but we're not even broken is the truth. We're actually whole and it's about understanding. And you said earlier in the show about remembering something around remembering who we are. And I think that has so many expressions and aspects that, that are, you know, is worth exploring for yourself because remembering who you are to me is really about tapping into your innate wholeness and that you do make sense if you look at the context of what you've lived and experienced and the meaning you've made of it, that where your power lies and is shifting and and like reconceptualizing some of that meaning so that it really does serve and support you instead of, of judge and hurt you. Absolutely. And one of the beautiful things to add on to that is that as I heal the wound from where my Chiron is and the kinds of experiences that I've had, I have my greatest compassion when I encounter that in someone else. So our compassion just grows exponentially as we move through this journey, a journey worth taking. And I love how your book supports that. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. And I'd love to ask my guests if you have a parting thought that you'd like to leave us with today. You know, I'd really like our listeners to know truly how deeply loved you are truly how important, how valuable, and it's not based upon what is an outside parameter or determiner of that, be it your money or your job or your education level, that we all influence right where we are. And you have a sphere of influence to tap into and be aware of. And it can be really exciting to start to feel into who do I want to be and how would I like to influence those around me. And we're also influenced by those we surround ourselves with. So I think by just becoming more conscious of that, it can make life more alive, more fun, and like more pleasurable, going back to that word we were using (laughs) earlier, Cheryl. So I'd really encourage listeners to look for that in their own lives. That's wonderful. And I love that. You're right. Beyond any superficial circumstance, we all have a sphere of influence and we all are important to someone. So thank you for that equalizing statement. It's beautiful and powerful. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Listener, let us know what you thought of the show at journeyofpossibilities.com. Give us your feedback and we love to hear from you. And Lisa, thanks so much for joining us. Again, share your website with us. It is nolatherapy.com. It stands for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy, N-O-L-A Therapy, as you said. And I'm on social media at Instagram and Facebook at NOLA Therapy. And I'd love to connect with everyone. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) And join us next time for another episode of Exploring Possibilities.